Hello, and thank you once again for joining us for the Crossroads Baptist Church Radio and Podcast Ministry. I'm Pastor Jeffrey Lynn. Today we are going to dive into the Word of God once again, all the way back in the book of Exodus chapter 26. I hope you have your Bible with you. The Word of God, it's an incredible thing. As an independent fundamental Baptist, we believe that God has given mankind his perfect, inspired, inerrant word for English-speaking people in the King James Bible. And every time you open the Word of God, you can learn some new truth or be shown some incredible passage or make some connection that maybe you never made before. Today, we're going to be reminded that the Bible tells us in Romans 15:4, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Today, Lord willing, we're going to see the transformation that salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, brings in an individual today by looking at the curtains or the walls of the tabernacle Israel used in the wilderness in Exodus chapter 26. Everything in the Bible points to Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word and for all we learn from it. Lord, help us now as we seek to study it once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, if you're able, turn with me in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 26. The Bible starts in verse number 1 saying, Moreover, thou shalt make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine twined linen, and blue and purple and scarlet with cherubims of cunning work shalt thou make them. The length of one curtain shall be eight and twenty cubits, and the breadth of one curtain four cubits. And every one of the curtains shall have one measure. The five curtains shall be coupled together one to another, and other five curtains shall be coupled one to another. And thou shalt make loops of blue upon the edge of the one curtain from the selvage uh, in the coupling, and likewise shalt thou make in the uttermost edge of another curtain in the coupling of the second. Fifty loops shalt thou make in one curtain, and fifty loops shalt thou make in the edge of the curtain that is in the coupling of the second, that the loops may take hold one of another. And thou shalt make fifty tatches of gold, and couple the curtains together with the tatches, and it shall be one tabernacle. And thou shalt make curtains of goat's hair to be a covering upon the tabernacle, Eleven curtains shalt thou make. The length of one curtain shall be thirty cubits, and the breadth of one curtain four cubits. And the eleven curtains shall all be one measure. And thou shalt couple five curtains by themselves, and six curtains by themselves, and shalt double the sixth curtain in the forefront of the tabernacle. And thou shalt make fifty loops on the edge of the one curtain that is upmost in the coupling, and fifty loops in the edge of the curtain which coupleth the second. And thou shalt make fifty tatches of brass, and put the tatches into the loops, and couple the tent together, that it may be one. And the remnant that remaineth of the curtains of the tent, the half-curtain that remaineth, shall hang over the back side of the tabernacle. And a cubit on the one side, and a cubit on the other side, of that which remaineth in the length of the curtains of the tent, it shall hang over the sides of the tabernacle, on this side and on that side, to cover it. And thou shalt make a covering for the tent of ram skins dyed red, and a covering above of badger skins. Now, I know that's not the probably the most exciting reading in the Bible that you've ever read. It's a description of the tabernacle of Israel, which while the Israel was wandering in the wilderness for those 40 years, it was essentially a mobile temple. They would take it and set it up and take it down as the Lord commanded. He commanded specific ways in which it would be built. And this these curtains are essentially the walls and ceiling of the tabernacle. It's essentially a large tent draped over uh, wooden beams covered in gold. And so... We have here four layers of curtains given in this tabernacle construction. And we're going to look at this from the outside in. From the outside in. Now, from the outside in, that fourth layer is badger skins. This layer is the outermost covering of the tabernacle. The badger skins would have been splotchy gray or brown color, would have been tough to protect the tabernacle from 
the elements. This outermost layer is symbolic, I believe, of the flesh. It is in the world. It is exposed to the world's abuse. It is imperfect. It's tough. It's splotchy. It's not, you know, that pure white, uh, as the saints are referred to as, being washed whiter than snow. And now remembering that mankind is tripartite, just as God is, and that we're body, soul, and spirit, we know that even our soul is saved, uh, even when our soul is saved by trusting Christ, this body of flesh is still cursed by sin. That's why it dies. Romans 8.23 talks about uh, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Our physical bodies, our minds, our hearts are all constantly barraged by the world around us, and sin leaves stains that we cannot hide. This is where this next layer of the tabernacle is so vital and so important. You think about that sin that we cannot hide that is in our lives, that sin that will cause us death and judgment and hell for eternity, that sin that we cannot earn our way away from, uh, the penalty of being death. What can we do? How can we be clean? How can we go from that splotchy brown covering of the batter skins? How can we go from that to being a clean, pure, white, uh, sinless uh, pitcher before God? Well, the very next layer that we go through to get into the temple, or into the tabernacle rather, is that layer that is so representative, I don't even need to preach it, it's so clear, it's the ram's skin dyed red. I mean, come on, who is that? That's the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. We have so many passages, of course, we could refer to when we talk about the Lamb of God, and and many of them very much a blessing. Revelation 5.12 says, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Revelation 12.11, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, they loved not their lives unto the death. That's That's a blessing, the blood of the Lamb. Revelation 17.14 These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Praise God for the blood of the Lamb. If it was not for the blood of the Lamb, it was not for that ram skin dyed red, that picture of salvation, if it wasn't for Christ shedding his blood on Calvary, you and I would not have our sins paid for. You and I would have no hope. We would be without redemption. We would have only one method of, with which to pay for our own sins, and that is with our death for eternity in the lake of fire. But thank God for the blood. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for that ram skin dyed red. That is a wonderful picture of the, the saving work of Christ, because what do we get if we start on the outside of the tabernacle when we're in the world and we go through the ram skin dyed red, what are we on the other side of the ram skin dyed red? If you're a sinner, it doesn't matter how bad your sin was. It doesn't matter how often your sin was. It doesn't matter how much your sin was. If you've gone through the blood, guess what? You're white as snow. You get to that next layer closer to the holy place uh, of the inside of the tabernacle there. And what what is that layer? That layer is that goat's hair. Now, the Bible doesn't specify the color of the goat's hair, but tradition and a little bit of research shows you that it is pure white. Pure white goat's hair. What a picture. Going from the the sin-stained and world-abused and marked outer covering, symbolic of the flesh, going through the blood of Christ, the ramskin dyed red covering, and, and coming onto the other side, now it's white. White as snow, just that pure white color signifying that that sin has been washed away in the blood of Christ. Now, the Israelites back then, they might have wondered, why in the world, Lord, do you want us to do four layers? 
Why in the world do you want us to do all these different types of layers? Why these different colors? Why are we dyeing the ram's blood red? God knew exactly what he was doing. And he gave us quite a picture. The Bible says in Revelation 7.14, And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. It's through the blood of the Lamb that our sins are forgiven. It's through the blood of the Lamb that atonement is made. It's through the blood of the Lamb that we are washed whiter than snow. Now we come through all that. We come through the flesh. We come through the blood of the Lamb. We get to being that pure white covering. And then the final step the final covering that constitutes what you actually see from within the holy place inside the tabernacle is that covering of fine linen covered with cherubim. This covering is also shorter than all the others, so it doesn't quite reach the ground. It's a clear picture of heaven. I don't know how you could have a clearer picture of heaven. It's got the colors, you know, blue and purple and all these things in it. It's got cherubim, angels in it. It doesn't touch the ground. It's a pretty clear picture. It's a picture of the glory of God. And this layer, something that you you really ought to consider, this layer can only be seen from the inside. And if you were not an Israelite, you couldn't go in and see it. And if you were not a priest of the tribe of Levi, you could not go in and see it. There are several places in the book of Numbers where God reminds the people, if a layman, if somebody who's not a priest goes near to the tabernacle or touches the tabernacle or enters the tabernacle, he's dead. That, God was pretty serious about that. And so this innermost part, you could only see it if you were a priest. Well, that's pretty, pretty neat because as a, as a Christian today, we can read in the Bible in Revelation 1-6 and see, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You see the same concept in Revelation 5.10, Revelation 20, verse 6. As a saved Christian, if you've been born again by the, by the grace of God, if you've been made, uh, made whiter than snow by the blood of Christ, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, the Bible says you are a priest unto God, a king and a priest under God. And so you have access to see God from the inside. You think about it this way. If you have your Bible, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. Start with me at verse number 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. If you look down a little further, you see for verse 21, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Man, praise the Lord. As a, as a worldly person that doesn't know Christ, as somebody on the outside looking in, you would look at a bunch of people coming together on a Sunday morning, dressing up, acting all nice, giving money to the church, supporting missionaries, going out and preaching on the streets and giving out tracts and telling people how good God is. You would look at them and you might think, wow, they're a little crazy. They're a little bit nuts. Or maybe they're a weak-minded person who has to lean on God instead of science or whatever it is you believe. But some lost person looking in, it looks foolish to them to sing nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain filled with blood. That might freak somebody out who's never been in church a day in their life. Might seem like foolishness, might seem strange. But if you get in, you get saved by the grace of God, you get washed in the blood of Christ, you become a Christian... You start looking around from the inside, 
boy, things are different. Things are different from the inside. Preaching the cross isn't foolishness. It's the wisdom and power of God. It's an amazing thing, the transformation. When you get saved, all of a sudden it's not, oh, I have to go to church because my wife's making me, or I have to go to church because my parents are making me. It's, praise God, I get to go to church, and I get to worship God, and I get to sing about my Savior. Oh, I hope they sing my favorite song. I hope he preaches my favorite passage. Boy, I'm looking forward to it because it's different now. There's a song, it's different now since Jesus saved my soul. I ain't going to sing it for you. You're welcome. But uh, but it's a, it's a blessing truth that... From the inside, it's different than from the outside. From the outside of that tabernacle, people could mostly just see badger skins. That's not that impressive. The inside, almost everything is overlaid in gold or made of pure gold. And you have that fine linen uh, curtain as the innermost layer. It's nothing but beauty and glory on the inside. You, You can't really behold the glory of salvation until you can claim it as your own. You can't know what it's like to be found in Christ until you are in Christ. You you can't understand the goodness of God until you've experienced it yourself. You really can't. And that's the challenge. That's part of the challenge for the Christian is to to under, make other people understand what they're missing. So they walk by and they see our religion and they see they see the the works that people do and sometimes it's impressive to them, sometimes it's not, but they don't see Christ like we see Christ. It's because we're saved and we can see him from the inside. So if you look back with me and think about this, from the outside, we have the badger skins. They're they're not pure of any color. They're They're just splotchy. They're hard. They're tough. They're exposed to the world, exposed to the elements and all the dangers that are there. You leave that and you go through the layer that is the the red dyed ram skin. So so much a picture of Christ and his blood. And you come out on, from that layer one step closer to the holy place and you're white. White as snow, that, that, that goat's hair co- curtain layer. And then you finally you get to that last layer and it's a, it's a picture of the glory of God. It's a picture of heaven. And it's this whole thing. It's the Old Testament tabernacle's curtains. And it shows you what it's like to go from a lost person in the world to a saved person experiencing the glory of God firsthand. If you are still looking at Jesus Christ from the outside, you've got to get saved. You've got to trust Christ as your Savior. You've got to get on the inside. Because from the inside, man, things are different. God bless you.